0: (laughs) or whoever watched that that's not just something that we do when we feel rhythm or whoever might feel that the bible says clap your hands all ye people can we clap our hands to the lord praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, we praise you. Jesus, we praise you. Jesus, we praise you. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, it's amazing how you feel a little better after you do that, isn't it? Amen. Praise God. Amen. You can be seated, and we will dismiss at this time our children and our young people for classes. We'll have a youth class upstairs today, children's class downstairs. Praise God. Amen. God bless our children and our young people and our teachers. Hallelujah. I'm going to start in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. Now, you don't know this. Well, you might know this. Some of you might. But... uh, Occasionally, so we've started our, our stream uh, for the service. And occasionally, when we stream, and we stream to YouTube and we stream to Facebook so that others out there can watch and participate not just watch, participate but we stream that. And sometimes the Lord will give me enough direction or whoever's speaking enough direction ahead of time to know what it is we're going to preach about or read about or talk about or whatever. And sometimes the Lord chooses not to give that with enough advance time for at the time that we start our stream to put on there a title. Now this is funny because I mean you 've all you 've seen it as as well as I have. We have these archives of our past services and past videos and past messages and everything and um what I have to try to do is at least organize them in such a way that if you or I wanted to go back and find a particular one, we don't necessarily have to remember the date or the time or. What tie somebody was wearing or, you know, we put. I I, I try to label them. I try to put a a, a title on that to to help us with that archive. And like I was saying, occasionally the Lord will give enough time and notice that before we set that up, I already know what it's going to be called. I say all that to say somebody that's watching right now has an advantage on you in the room because they already know what I'm going to say today or what I'm going to talk about. Because it's the title of the video. If you want to get your phone and you need to look at Facebook real fast, you can see. But I felt the Lord giving me this, this thought. And uh, I want to talk about this today. And what we've titled it, what I've titled it is, Good Ideas versus God Ideas. Now that, now we're all on the same page. Everybody that's watching and everybody that's in the room, you know. I'm not holding anything from you. So Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 7. Isaiah 55, 7. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Everyone say thoughts. Say it again. Say Thoughts. What I think about is my thoughts. Let the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon, the Lord will pardon, he will have mercy on the wicked who has gone his own way and on the unrighteous who has Thought his own thoughts. The Lord will pardon that. Verse 8 says, For my thoughts... Everyone say thoughts. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. saith the Lord. Now, I don't know why I always have to feel the need to address it this way. But I think a lot of it is because we live in 2020. The scripture uses these words, these identifying words. Uh, we call those adjectives in English. Words like wicked and words like unrighteous. Right? But this is I'm not I'm not making any apologies or excuses for the word of God. But today. If you would just simply make a statement and say that someone or something is wicked, man, you better look out because there will be backlash. There will be a backfiring. You can't call somebody that. You can't say that their organization or their group or their whatever. You can't put a label on them like that. Wicked or unrighteous but this is what the scripture plainly says right let the wicked forsake his way let the unrighteous repent of his thoughts verse nine it says for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God is putting that very plainly for us to see. He's speaking through the prophet here. And he's telling his people, yes, you have your own thoughts. You're allowed to have your own thoughts. I created you a human being with a mind. And I like the way that that works. You know, that's my design. So I like you having those thoughts. But... Here's the problem: when they start to become your own thoughts, and you start to just take ownership of those thoughts, and no regulation behind them, no filter for those thoughts, and you just run and run and run and run. Well, then we start to have a problem. See, the the Lord wants to be the filter and the regulator of our thoughts. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want us to be mindless computers and robots. Oh, man, I had enough fun talking to computers, all right, the last few months when you all weren't able to be here, and it was just me and that camera. That's no fun. That thing, I got tired of it after about 30 minutes, and then I had another how many months? Because it's a mindless thing. It has no, no thoughts of its own. The Lord does not want us to be just a bunch of laptops in here that we come in and plug in and, all right, let's download the message today, program that into my memory. No, He wants us, He created us as such with thoughts, feelings, emotions, and a will behind all of that. But He created it, He created us and He gave us that free choice. I've heard this term, a free moral agent. That's how God created us. A free moral agent. That means you are free to decide for yourself what you think is right, what you think is wrong. He created us. That's why we are different than every one of His other creations. We have that ability. Now, you've probably heard this said You're free to make your own choices, but you are not free from the consequences of those choices. So, and I'm not going to talk, I don't think I'm going to talk about consequences today, but I just want us to know that because we know the ultimate outcome for our soul in eternity is one of those consequences of our choices. That alone is enough to me to say, okay, I need to stop and think really hard and really serious about these choices, this life that I'm living. So he, he gave us, and he says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Look at Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25. Proverbs sixteen twenty-five. It says, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. The way that seems right to a man leads down a path, but the end of that path is death. You just think you're doing what's right. And the end of that is death because his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. My way leads that way. We often call that destruction, a road to destruction. That's my way. Anybody want to have your own way today? You're free to. But that's the way that it leads, the end thereof. We were in a meeting a few weeks ago, and, and Bishop Schoonover was, was there. Some of the other leaders of the congregations were there. And uh, we, it was mentioned how, we, how much we enjoyed the times when we, some of you were here and maybe watched online at home or whatever. The times that we would have a, a guest minister from another state speak to all of us, right? We watched some on the screen here or you watched some at home. People like Brother uh, Bishop Paul Sharp, remember him, Brother uh, Charles Simpson from Baltimore, Maryland, Brother Mike McGurk. They spoke to us, and we were just commenting. That was so great! It was awesome. You know, we'd like to see more of that. We we love it when we get to to fellowship all together as one united body and hear the Word of God and, and. The things that Bishop said about that is really what stuck in my mind and what I'm feeling today. Because he said, yeah, those were great, and I've had a lot of other good ideas. He said, but they were just that, good ideas. And I'm thinking, well, you're my bishop, you're my oversight. If it's a good idea to you, it should be a good idea to me. But he said, they weren't necessarily God's plan. God's ideas, that's what I want most of all, is his idea, his ways, his thoughts. I've had this, I've had thoughts, I, I, most of you know I grew up in the south, many, many states away from here, and I had some, some close friends in my, my childhood, my teenage years, and we got to spend a lot of time together. Many of them are in similar walks of life as I am now with married and raising children and in the ministry. And, and, and I just I'll think a lot of times, man, Lord, why don't you just reconnect us? Even if you do it through ministry or whatever, I just think it would be awesome to to be reconnected to them and, and share, you know, where we're at and where they're at. And look how great that would be. But that's the problem. Those are just my good ideas Or bad ideas. I don't know. It depends on how you look at it. But those are my ideas. And if the Lord says, no, not to that, not today, not right now, that would be great. Yes, you can think all day about how much fun that would be, how much you would like to do that. But if it's not a God idea, I don't want that to happen. Some of us, we, (laughs) here we go, I'm telling Bishop's stories again. He he prayed one time. I believe he says it was for a couple that he was marrying, uh, performing the ceremony. And he said, uh, "I think he was may have been repeating something that a minister had said. I pray that they have enough failure to learn. Some of us we just need a little bit more failure sometimes. If you think that every good if you think that every idea you've ever had was a good idea." you need a little bit more failure. I'm just going to put it that way. Okay? And, and by the grace and mercy of God, we'll see when he decides to allow that to happen. But I know, I'll be the first one to confess, not all my ideas I've had were good ideas. And I don't even just mean back when I was younger and, you know, not as smart. I mean, I have... Thoughts and ideas just like you do that run through my head all day long, 24 7. And now I, I, it's up to me to think, oh, is that a good idea? That's probably not a good idea. But all of those things aside, I need to know more than that. What are God's ideas? What are His thoughts? John 3 and 6 says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That what that means to me, when it says born, Jesus is talking, and put that in context. He's talking to Nicodemus, remember. He's talking about a man being born again. But what he says here is an actual spiritual principle that applies to every situation. And he says when something is born of the flesh, it talks about where did it originate from. Where did it come from? And my thoughts, my own good ideas, even, they are born of the flesh. If it originated in here, and then I, what I have to do, even if I think, well, that's a really good one. Maybe I need to hold on to that one. The first thing that I need to do is run that by God. And say, God, how do you feel about this? Because I know you know, it could have been you that put it there. But if it wasn't, I don't want it there. And I don't even want to pursue it. Jesus. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. We don't walk around chasing good ideas. Or doing whatever we think is a good idea to do. We should... Rather, seek to know what is the will of God. I'm going to tell you just a quick story. This is a, this is a confession, if there ever was one, that's embarrassing to me, but I'll tell it anyways. Maybe it'll help somebody. So back a few years ago, we were living in, 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 uh, in Memphis, Tennessee. I was between jobs. And I thought, I thought, I thought I could come up with a good business idea. In fact, it wasn't even entirely my idea. It was something that I had seen replicated in other places, in other states, in other towns. And and, and I, I knew, well, that worked over there. I could do that here and make money. And you know what? I probably won't even have to go back and punch a clock ever again. Wouldn't that be nice? But see the problem was I thought and then I acted on those thoughts. Boy, let's pursue this. Let's find a <laughs> Let's find a place of business. Let's find a let, Man, you want to know how much this is not this is in the south. It's even more here. But places that even will rent to you to operate a business out of any of you that have ever owned your own business before, you know It doesn't start with a good idea and then just, boom, happen. There is a lot of planning. There is a lot of expense. There's a lot of logistics. And if one of those is not right, you're going to have a hard time. Is that right, Brother Anthony? It is. You're going to have a hard time if you just decide, I want to do this, and I think I can make it happen. If there's that much I, me, my thoughts, my ideas, how much God can there possibly be? And if, there, if that's out of whack, way too much me and way too little God, you better pray and hope he disrupts that situation soon enough To get you out of it. Before any real damage is done. I'm just saying. Those are his thoughts. I want his ways. Not my own. Psalms 57. Psalms 75 and 7. I want you to just see this, this verse here. As we talk about. I'm being real today. Even on my job now. I could, have these, I could have thoughts. Man, it, I should just do this. I'll get some recognition. I'll get some, some praise. Maybe a raise. And, and it's going to be great. Or I might even get a promotion. I'm just going to try to come up with all the best ideas that I can for this business, for this company, for, for, for my process. I'm going to improve it as best I can. This is what the Bible has to say about it. But God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. There's not a whole lot of parameters there, right? I mean, well, yeah, maybe maybe he does that in the, I don't know, in the banking industry. But now I'm not in the banking industry, so I don't have to worry about that. Or maybe he just does that in in government. And if you're not in government, maybe you think, I don't have to worry about that. Or maybe he just does that in the school system. And if you're not in the, no, this is broad. This is another principle that applies in every situation. God raises up and puts down. I'm going to stop and give you a plug for just a minute. This is not going to be a political plug, so don't worry. But I was thinking back this morning, I was listening back over something that that Bishop put in in our WhatsApp group a few weeks ago. And he mentioned how we are coming upon an election season. And what he said was, the most important vote that you and I can cast I'm waiting until I get everybody's attention the most important vote that we can cast it's not for a person it's not for a party it's not even for ideals the most important vote that we can cast is the vote that we cast in prayer to god What does that mean? It means I go before God and I say, Lord, I... If I put it this way, this might be corny to you, but Lord, I'm voting for you. I want your ways. First and foremost. I'm not voting. Lord, look for any way possible to make this outcome. No, 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 no. See, that's my idea. Lord, why don't you just change a little bit of this and that and, you know, if you need to do this and, and, and take down this one and what put this one up, whatever. If you need to do that, Lord, you're the, you're the miracle worker. Do it. That's not a casting of vote that's, that's expressing an idea. My own idea. He is God. Many, many elections ago, at least a handful of elections ago, I mean, I wasn't alive many, many, many elections ago, They happen every four years, right? Well, the presidential ones. But in this particular election, and I won't tell you who it was that was running or got won or anything, but when, when it was announced who won, I told my wife, I'm glad that that person won because I don't want America to vote itself outside of the will of God. And that's what I'm talking about today. Lord, your will be done. You, you, it doesn't matter what happens in, 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 a, in a political outcome. The Lord, if there's nothing else that we learned back in March of this year, we learned that the Lord can stop everything at a moment's notice and decide, nope, I just want to do things different for a little while. Right? Did we not learn that lesson? Please tell me that we learned that lesson so he doesn't have to reteach that to us. Because he will. Now, I'm, I'm, I, I, here, I'm, I'm going to make this real specific. I'm talking to just you in the room and you in the congregation watching online, a part of this congregation. That way we don't have to worry about blaming anybody else we don't have to worry about thinking about anybody else. Oh, it's just so and so because they're wrong. No, I'm going to talk to us right now. If we as the congregation did not learn what God tried to teach us starting at the beginning of this year, he will do whatever he needs to do to bring that lesson right back around. It's like the father that says, "Don't make me turn this car around." I'm I'm driving a direction. And I've got a a goal in mind, an end point in mind. But you know what? If you keep acting up back there, we're not going to get there. And I want God to to be able to tell me his plans, his ways. So when I go before him in prayer, that's my point. That's my, my goal. My objective is not to, Lord, I want you to hear my voice. I want you to count this time of prayer, you know, to mark it down in, in your book so you know that I prayed some today. No, I want you to know that I'm just here to submit to your will, and then I'm going to do my part, whatever you tell me it is, whatever's my part that I can do. That's my casting my vote in prayer. Amen. So God puts down one and raises up another. I want you to look at Romans chapter 12. This, I read it, I think it was last week, in another context. I told you, this, this is a verse that you could just take and apply to pretty much any message, any, any word of God, any, any direction that you're feeling. Romans 12 and 2 this verse applies be not conformed to this world see this this world has a way of thinking this world has its own thoughts its own ideas its own ways be not conformed to this world but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind and I want you to watch this part that you may prove everyone say prove that you may prove. Prove. Everyone say it again. Prove. That you may prove. Why? I, I, I'm not just being renewed and transformed and, and, and I don't want to conform just so I stick out. Just so I draw attention. No. So that I can prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God my transformation my refusal to conform is supposed to lead to proof of the will of God in my life this is what it means to prove to test to examine to scrutinize that's what you do in your head right you're thinking So, no, no, listen. This is not just talking about external proof of what's going on in here. That happens as a byproduct. What you see on the outside of a person is a reflection of what's going on on the inside. So, when my mind is renewed and my mind is transformed to be like God then like he says in verse 1 of this chapter present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable but it's he's talking here about what's in your mind be transformed by the renewing of your mind this is i feel this very specifically this is what the lord is wanting to tell us today what's happening in your mind needs I will say this, has to be worked by God, not your own thoughts. To prove it, to recognize, this is also what it means to prove, to prove what is the will of God, to recognize as genuine after examination. Here's here's what it used to be. uh, Stay with me, is everybody doing okay? Okay. In the, old, in the old days, back in the Bible days, they didn't have these things called credit cards. They didn't even have paper money. They had these coins, and they were made out of metal. And what prove meant in that setting was this, what you just gave me that you said is a quarter. You know what? I can test that and prove whether or not this is a quarter. I can put it on a scale right here because the metal that it's made out of has to weigh a certain amount. And if you know what, if that's not meeting the scale, if that's not meeting the proof, take your money back and get out of here. You're a counterfeit. That's what they did back then. So to prove something, it's talking about the process of proving. And what is it that we're proving? The will of God. I mean, we say that. I pray that almost every day. I want the will of God. I want to see the will of God. I want to be a part of the will of God. And then he gives me the opportunity to prove, are you really in the will of God? Is what you're saying, is what you're living, what you're professing, is it a part of the will of God? Well, guess what? You can prove it by what's going on in your mind. And if it's not, if it's not leading to being holy, being acceptable to God, that's proof. Okay, I'm going to skip this next one. Here's, I got to just tell you, look into the word reproof. We talked about prove, and then there's reproof. I'm not going to go there, but that's for you to look up later. It's in Ephesians 5 if you want to look at it. So we're talking about ideas. What's a good idea? What's a God idea? I wrote down a list of some things here. This is by no means the only list. These are just hopefully God thoughts that he gave to me. To share. It's a good idea to pray. It's a good idea, right? It's a good idea to pray. The Bible tells us to pray. So we know we're supposed to pray. But it's a God idea to seek the mind of God in prayer and pray the way he wants you to pray. There's a difference. This is a good idea to pray. Lord, bless this food. Lord, take away this toothache. Lord, whatever. That's, that's prayer. That's just general prayer. That's a good idea. But where's the God idea in that? Uh, if I want to know, I seek his mind. What do you want me to pray? How do you want me to pray it? This one just came. To, I, I knew I had this list, and this one's not on there. It came to me in the prayer room before service. It, it's a good idea to pray. It's a God idea to pray Prevailing prayer. There's a difference. I don't have time to dwell on it. But but note that in your mind and in your spirit. Prevailing prayer. That's not just, Lord, would you please. It's a good idea to give an offering. Thank the Lord for offerings. It's a God idea to give a sacrificial offering. What's the difference? The word sacrificial. Am I really sacrificing anything? Or am I just giving some spare change that I won't even notice is gone? Because, oh, it's a good idea to give them the offering. What do I got in here? Oh, I got a dollar? There we go. Not even going to think twice about it. That's fine. I'm not condemning anybody that's ever done that, and I've done that. But a God idea is when he says, hey, listen, I want you to give. And he fills in the blank. We're staying here for a minute. It's a good idea to give financially. It's a God idea to have 100% of your finances available to God 24-7. Oh, I just said a mouthful. I barely even got that out. It's a good idea to give financially. We're still, this is what I'm talking about. That's what I just talked about, giving an offering. But it's a God thing A God idea to say, all of this is yours. All of this. Whatever's in the bank account, whatever's in the house, whatever's hidden under the mattress, all of it is yours. Ooh, that's a little bit more specific, right, than just a good idea to give some finances. This is a God idea. It's all yours. It's a good idea to come to church. Thank the Lord you're here. You had a good idea today, to be here today. Now, it's a God idea to come to church ready and willing to do what he wants you to do while you're here. There's a difference. Oh, it's a good idea. It's Sunday. We're going to church. That's a good idea. All right. Praise God. I'm not knocking that. We start there. If you didn't start there, you wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. But then you recognize God will build upon that and say, hey, by the way, while you're here, let me do some things through you. Let me work some works in you and through you and for you. That's a God idea. It's a good idea to be friendly and talk to other people. All, all these things that I'm saying are good ideas, but we need to do them. They're not bad ideas. It's a good idea to be friendly and talk to people. It's a God idea to open your mouth and let rivers of living water flow out of it. There's a difference. How you doing today? That's good. That's a start. That's, that's a friendly but the God idea is, Lord, I'm being sensitive right now. And if you, uh, you've got some things in here. And if you want them to flow out in this conversation with this guy standing in this parking lot, I'm going to do it. That's a God idea. Or wherever you are. It's a good, I- <laughs> it's a good idea to fast occasionally. It's a good idea. The Bible says to do it. We should do it. What's the God idea? It's a, it's a God idea to seek God in your fasting, to deny yourself and, all, and allow more of him while you're fasting. And there is a difference. There's fasting just because I feel like it's a good idea to fast and I need to fast, so I'm not going to eat lunch today. I'll find something else to do. I won't even think twice about it. Well, God bless you for starting there. But the God idea is take that fast, acknowledge the fact that you would be doing this, but instead you're not. You're going to do this with God or for God instead. See the difference? Thank the Lord for this next one. It's a good idea to sleep. Some of us have, if you've got teenagers in the house, you probably have to tell them that. Imagine. Having to tell someone, you know what, you probably need to go to bed now. No, 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 we're having so much fun. But it's a good idea to sleep. And all the adults said, amen, praise God. Oh, yeah. It's a great idea to sleep. But you know what's an even better idea than that? To let God give you rest. That's a God idea. It's not, I mean, yep, 10.30, my bedtime, I'm going to bed, see you all tomorrow. That's fine. That's fine. But the God idea is, when you want me to sleep, I'm going to sleep. And when you want me to wake up, I'm going to trust. That requires some trust. I'm going to trust that you gave me the rest that I needed, and then you'll give me some more. Please, God, at any time in the future that I get it. There's a difference, right? Good idea sleep. God idea, let him, he says it, behold, he giveth his beloved sleep. So he will give you sleep when and how he wants to, however much he wants to. Okay. They talk, when you have a newborn baby, you know, they say, what do they tell the moms? You better sleep when the baby sleeps. Right? Or else you won't be getting any sleep. You know what? There's a spiritual correlation to that. You've got to have a walk with God, and you want to be in a full-time, 24-7 relationship with God. You better sleep when he tells you to sleep, and you better get up when he tells you to get up. My son, to this day, still talks about one of the the best nights of his life was when I went and woke him up. It was about 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. And I woke him up, this was last year, a couple of years ago, because Bishop Schoonover had called me. He was over in Puyallup, I believe, and some of his, I think one of his cows had a calf. And, and it was the middle of the night and there was nobody there at the farm. He said, hey, would you mind just going and checking on him? Sure, I don't mind. <laughs> I mean, I love to sleep, but, you know, I'll do this for you. But, to and and that was fine, and we took care of it. But my son still talks about the fact that I woke him up and said, hey, there's some cow issues going on at the farm. Do you want to go with me? Yes, I want to go. I mean, you try to wake him up at 11 o'clock for most things, and he's like, nope, I, I don't even hear you right now. But because I woke him up with a purpose and with something that he actually enjoyed doing, that stuck out to him. And he'll, he'll tell you about it right now if you ask him. He remembers that. I want that kind of relationship with God where he can say, I'm, you know what? I'm going to let you get a full two and a half hours of sleep tonight. What? Yeah, that's all you need because when you wake up at 4 o'clock or 2 o'clock or 6 o'clock or midnight or whatever it is, when you wake up, I've got some things for you. All right, let's do it. Or, no, this bed is too comfortable. We're really hitting home today, aren't we? You know what? It's a good idea to be a good parent. If I would have read those verses about reprove, you would have really seen what we're talking about. But it's a good idea to be a good parent. We all should be. We should all try to be. It's a God idea to seek for godly wisdom on what's right and wrong for your child and for your whole family. There's a difference. A good parent gives a kid a cookie because the kid wants a cookie. A God parent might still do that, but on a completely different level is thinking, God, what do you want for this child? And what do you want for this family? There's a difference. I want the God idea of how he wants me to be a parent. It's a good idea to read your Bible. It's a good idea. It's a God idea to, while you're reading the Bible, let the word of God examine you. I can just fill time reading. Okay, I need to to read. I need to read. I got to get scripture read. And that's fine. I put it in here. I pray the Lord will bring it back out. But it's, again, a complete... We're talking about two different levels here, right? We're talking about two different dimensions of the same activity. I'm reading the word, but I am intentionally reading and saying, God, examine me in your word. It calls it the perfect law of liberty. It calls it the mirror. When I'm looking at this, I should be looking at this and saying, what am I seeing here in the word of God? I'm almost done. It's a good idea to love your neighbor. It's a God idea to intercede for them. Now, I'm not just saying start interceding right now. you got to know the timing. you got to know the plan and the purpose. But there's a difference in, hey, neighbor, how you doing, and having a a two-minute conversation with them, and then allowing God at some point later to say, hey, stop what you're doing right now. I need you to pray for that neighbor. I need you to pray for that person. All right, now I am really loving them. I'm not just getting to smile at them and shake their hand and have a conversation. But I am allowing the perfect love of God to love them. And again, it's a good idea to love your neighbor. But it's a God idea to love your enemies. Right? He says this. This is Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. Love your enemies now because it's in the word of god i could tell you it's a good idea to love your enemies too but you just go to somebody that doesn't believe doesn't know and has never heard that and you say hey i got an idea for you why don't you just go tell your enemy how much you love them what that doesn't even sound like a good idea that sounds kind of dangerous That kind of, or, okay, well, if it's not violent, that sounds like giving up, confessing that I'm wrong, or confessing that they're right, or any other reason why. I just don't want to go tell my enemy that I love them. But this is the God idea. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you there is not a time you could be more like Jesus Christ than when you are praying for someone that's doing harm to you doing evil to you or persecuting you remember he said this even when he was on the cross Lord Lay not this to their charge. The very people that crucified him. He said, bless them. Don't, don't hold them guilty. Man, that's, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I've reached that level of loving my enemies yet. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. We don't, just, we don't even, even want to think about who our enemies might be. I just, I won't go there, so I don't have to be accountable for it. Really? Really. You're not accountable for that. You're accountable for what's in here, and you're accountable for what's in here. So, how do I address what's in here and in here? I do it with my words, with my actions. And if I, if I have to just start with doing it before God, you start there. Lord, this, I, I, Lord I'm going to pray for him right now. And I'm going to beg while I'm praying that you don't make me say any of this to them. Just let me say it to you. If you start there, that's okay. And if he ends it there, thank him for it. But if he says, I heard you, now I want you to go act on it. That is a God idea. Why don't you stand with me? I hope you're starting to see the difference between a good idea and a God idea. Now, there's this other thing, also God ideas. They're called, in the scripture, or when we refer to them in the scripture, they're called commands. God's commands. If he tells you to do something, if he has, now, I want you to watch this because we could easily be dismissive of this fact because of, of the way that I even just said that. If he tells you That's like future tense, right? Okay, well, if he doesn't tell me, then I don't have to do it. So let me rephrase that. If he has already told us to do something, if it's in his word and it's a command to you and to me, I don't have to sit here and think, well, but he's never actually said that to me. He's never dealt with me about that. This is him dealing with you about it and me those are his commands every single one of his commands is a God idea it says it that which is born of the flesh is flesh but that which is born of the spirit if it originates with God it came from him it is spirit and there is no question it's him it's his word this is how much he cared about it I almost find, I'm I'm trying to be done. Stay with me, please. I, I, I almost find this comical. When he gave Moses the Ten Commandments, he took him up in the mountain. He said, bring these tablets with you. And the Lord writes on the tablets, commandments, my people will do this. My people will not do this. And hands those to Moses. Moses is carrying down the mountain the actual handwriting of God. And then, you know the story, he gets down to the bottom of the mountain. He sees that the people have started this idolatrous behavior. They built a false god and they're worshiping that. Guess what? That's number one on the list. Thou shalt have. No other gods before me. And he's, man, this is so good. Oh, Jesus, you are, Lord, you just, this is awesome. Your word is great. And number one, no other gods. Yeah, and he gets down to the bottom of the mountain and he sees another god. He takes those tablets, smashes them out of anger. God, you had your ideas. You had your commandments. You told us exactly what to do and what not to do. And then the human idea produced the exact opposite. Why do you feel like the Lord even had to go there? Because he knows our human mind. But this is how much God cares about that. He then tells tells Moses later, "Come, come back up the mountain. Bring some more tablets. We're going to write this down again. Two times. That the Lord would go through the trouble of writing down his thoughts, his ideas, his commands. To get them recorded and get them to his people. From the beginning of this service, I felt like the Lord is wanting to do things in our minds. He's wanting to transform. He's wanting to renew our mind. You'll be better off if you don't even, if you don't approach the Lord with, here's what I know about you so far. Tell me what's right and what's wrong. Nope. you're better off if you take a step back from that and say, Lord, In my humanity, I know nothing. Everything I've heard in my flesh, if it was born of the flesh, I don't even want it. I don't care about it. I'm surrendering all of that to you right now. And I'm asking for the spiritual renewal in my mind this altar is open. I encourage you, if you would come and pray, acknowledge these things to the Lord. Let him deal with our minds. I, I, come on, this is not just a, a two-minute prayer that we can pray and receive and, and move on. The Lord has started some things today. If you would if you would find a place and pray and be honest with the Lord and say, Lord, touch my mind. Lord, I need you to touch my mind. Let's pray, churches.
1: to just let the Lord love on you this morning. Just give him a hand clap of praise. Thank him for what he's doing in your heart today. Thank him for what he's doing in your families. Just like Elder was saying, we sometimes just see things and um, we don't see it the way God sees it, but I just pray that he's opened our eyes today and he showed us something great. That he showed us that there's more ahead than what we're seeing right now. And um, as we dismiss, I just want us to, you know, go into a moment of prayer and just thank him. Lord, thank you for what you're showing us today. Thank you for showing us that this is not the end. Thank you for taking us deeper and farther in you than we could ever go on our Thank you for taking us by the hand and leading us And showing us that you see things that we may not see But you know what's going on ahead And that you give us the strength, the endurance to continue on And not only take it in this place But to take it out into our world and into our homes And into our workplaces As you are with us For you said you would never leave us nor forsake us So as we depart today from this church building Let us carry you with us in that mighty name of Jesus. Amen.